1: This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Hello everyone, my name is Corey, I am joined as always by Brendan, and we are coming to you on Friday, November 4th. Brendan, uh, the World Series still going, we have yet to crown a new champion But, of course, we are just a little past, but in the midst of some of the 2016 Cubs anniversaries... Uh, as you Which know. Which anniversary Brendan, was this? Uh, they, I, I was gonna say as you know okay. but uh, let me remind you the Cubs yeah, winning please. the World Series. World Series yes. That correct. was it now let me ask you this I sure. am a November 2nd man because that was yeah. when it happened in Chicago even though I was in Cleveland where it was technically the morning of November 3rd do you observe the second third both? Oh well, I, I do both but I
0: principally remember the second you know I'm a November gotcha. 2nd guy so that's okay I am. gotcha
1: yeah yeah, um, fair. I, you know, we could just celebrate it all the time, which really. is kind of what I do every day, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, when they won the world series, I watched that final out every day for the next like year straight. I'm not even exaggerating you know? every day. I'm still watching it.
1: <laughs> um, yes. But as we are coming to you on Friday, November 4th, that of course, uh, is now the six year anniversary of the Yeesh. parade, uh, the rally, uh, the largest collection of humans, Uh, At the parade and the rally in Grant Park, uh, the anniversary of John Lester, there on the microphone and saying, "How about this expletive? Uh, I think I can say it now." But you can say it. How about this shit? And then he says, "Sorry, kids." (laughs) Uh, I don't think he was sorry to the kids, but no. uh, If you're looking for great content, uh, and I'll I'll try to remember to. Send this out from either my account or the CHGO Cubs account. But John is like live tweeting that whole experience on the bus, um, including I believe it was David Ross who almost gets decapitated by like a wire. Yeah, and his like nose was all messed up right on of the, the roof of this bus. But it's I think him, <laughs> Ross, Travis Wood, John Lackey, really good bus. I mean, that's like the most dangerous bus you could
0: possibly uh, compile. Yeah. I'm surprised I, no one died, honestly. You're
1: You're not sober on that bus. No. You're not leaving that bus sober. Yeah, you're barely walking off that bus. Yeah. So always fun to reminisce. Uh, how do you feel? I'm curious how you feel, Brendan. You know, it, it does dawn on me, you know, six years ago, right? Eesh. Like we are getting to the point where that date starts to feel further and further away. Like you and I, obviously, we mention this on every podcast. We, we will never stop talking about that. Um, and I, I, I think it's weird. You you see some people who are like, oh, I don't like to live in the past. I do. Oh, Uh, of course I do. Yeah. I waited my whole life for that. My dad waited his whole life for that. My mom waited her whole life for that. Um, my, my grandma waited her whole life for that. And we all have people in our lives. I'm sure that waited their whole life and didn't get to see it. So catch me living in the past. And I think it's weird, uh, to think otherwise. I can, I can think that the 2022 Cubs were bad, and also still enjoy them winning the World Series. But uh, I'm yeah. curious, Brendan, like, you know, six years removed, like, how, how do you how do you feel as we move on with time uh, and, you know, how far away that is, I guess? I make it
0: the present every day. I have like World Series stuff all over my place. Like, you know, workplace, home as well. I'm, I'm reminded of it every single day. So I will be 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old. I will be reminded of that 2016 ring every day
1: until I die yes. that's how I am I think it would be like a good scene in a movie where you know one of us is on our deathbed and of course this washing Chris Bray well no stuff. of course the other will be in the room uh, oh, you yeah. know as the other one is about to, to leave this earth and Holding you know say it's hands. me and I'll, I'll do a Brendan come closer come closer yes Corey what <laughs> The Cubs won the 2016 World Series. Absolutely. People forget that. And you'll say people forget that with a tear streaming down your face as <laughs> as you close my eyes for good.
0: What an emotional visual that you're uh, painting us right now. Yes. A very
1: Pat Hughes-esque visual. Yes. right. Corey wearing a white hospital gown. Uh, <laughs> and, um, what a weird start to this episode. This is what happens when the Cubs aren't in the playoffs and... You know, there's no news for them really to be making. Um, I mean, did you
0: notice you went from, like, the peak of your life, that World Series, down to your death within, like, 45 seconds?
1: Yeah, but I minutes. feel like I was painting it as though I was blissful in my death yeah. because the Cubs I mean, won the 2016 World Series. You, yeah, of course.
0: You go straight from, you know, that to a blissful death. Just It, it illustrates you perfectly, Corey.
1: Yeah. I, I, do, I, I do always like... The November fourth anniversary, uh, because I I've always said this, and I know if you were in Chicago at the time, you know this. Like I have never experienced something like that. Um, the you know I was living a couple blocks away from Wrigley Field, and like the amount of people in the neighborhood taking pictures at the marquee writing, you know, in chalk on on the bricks and, you know, memorializing people no longer with us or just, you know, shouting out their family or whatever it was and buying merch and it, it was the most jovial, like blissful thing I have ever experienced in my life. Like just walking out the door onto Addison and and veering closer to the ballpark. Like there was just a a palpable like sense of joy and and happiness in the air that I have, I, I swear, never experienced in my life before.
0: Yeah, probably never will. Again, not not in a bad way, but that that's what makes this team so unique and that experience so unique. That that was a generational event, multi generational event. You will never experience that ever again, Corey.
1: Right. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. It was great. It was the peak. Um, and. You know, being at the rally and stuff like all of that was just so surreal. Where were you at? The I rally? went to Grand Park. I did not sit on the parade ride. I went to Grand Park okay. and waited for them. And uh, but like,
0: how close were you to like
1: the Pat very, Hughes? Okay. Not very.
0: Like, Further, like way back there, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I kind of am blanking on this. It was very early in the morning, but like I think we waited in line maybe to get into Grand Park, Um and you know we were. Back there, I just I just wanted to be there. I figured that was the better spot than the parade, but I don't know if that was the right decision. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we could probably reminisce about that forever. Uh, we do have some stuff going on in the the current Cubs world, to kind of drag you back to reality, right? Um, mm. but I hate reality. Yes, uh, especially as you know, we have former Cubs doing things in the World Series, so that's always yeah, fun. I know the game on Thursday night, the Phillies hadn't had any hits in, I think, 36 batters. Kyle rectified that with another home run, so that's that's always fun for everybody to relive that non-tendering and, and those decisions. Very good, very good. Uh, my favorite word is always, Brendan, juxtaposition. Ooh, Reminiscing about the World Series and then immediately, you know, seeing on Twitter and all of the stuff, the discourse about them non-tendering Kyle, you know, for money. That's a pretty strong juxtaposition of where this organization has has come and gone uh, in the last few years, but we hope, Brendan, we are going to go back in that other direction in this offseason, and so what I want to start with today um, is setting the table kind of for this offseason because the World Series, the earliest it can end now would be Saturday, uh, but it's going to end soon, and some of these things kick into gear pretty much as soon as the World Series is over. So uh, how that works is the first day after the World Series, uh, free agents become available at 9 a.m. the next day. Uh, Then the GM meetings, uh, and I am getting this uh, from MLive.com. It's about, you know, it's a Tiger's blog. Uh, So that is where these are from. Some of these obviously change because it depends on when the World Series ends. But Uh, The 7th through 10th, the GM meetings in Vegas, uh, and then the fifth day after the World Series, five. Free agents may sign with any club uh, at 5 p.m. on that fifth day after. It is also the final day to tender qualifying offers uh, to free agents. You may recall the Cubs have a pretty significant one in Wilson Contreras. Uh, And then also on that day, Eligible minor league players become free agents at 5 p.m., so that is when you have to make some of those 40-man decisions that we have talked about uh, to prevent their uh, free agency November 18th, the final date to tender contracts to players under team control. All players with under six years of service time must be tendered a contract or non-tendered. And then the 15th day, 1-5, after the conclusion of the World Series, a player who has been extended a qualifying offer must choose to accept or reject. And then I think the last really significant date, uh, November 30th, is the last day to outright a player prior to the Rule 5 draft. The Rule 5 draft concludes on December 7th. So a lot to keep track of, but really the gist of it is that you know pretty much the day after the World Series, uh, you can kind of have that exclusive negotiating time for five days with free agents, and then that expires in five days and some of those other significant dates. So, Brendan, I think the the real, you know, key decision is obviously Wilson Contreras. Uh, Jed Hoyer has said they're going to extend him the qualifying offer. I very much expect him to decline. Uh, and then it's, it's kind of giddy up from there. So, you know, that's why I really wanted to set the table, because once this World Series ends, you have a, a brief breathing period, and then hopefully Jed Hoyer and company hit the ground running.
0: Yeah, they'll have a lot of quick decisions to make. I'm sure they already have all the math worked out, but just like the arbitration estimates right now, they have about 10 guys who are eligible. Some of those guys may not be tendered a contract. For example, Alec Mills, Brad Wick, um, even Fran Moraes, Stephen Broth. Perhaps those guys don't get tendered. Alec Mills probably will get tendered, but you just don't know about the others. So, right when this World Series ends, it will be kicked right into high gear, and I think the Cubs will be pretty active at the onset. This is the only reason to believe that, I think, is they have so many holes to fill. So just right. to be able to get out in front and at least refocus to perhaps the more important areas of the offseason, it uh, seems to me that to do that, you have to get out in front and make some of those those perhaps less significant moves right away.
1: Right. And I, I think I, I agree with that. I think, you know, you would expect some of those big fish that hopefully they're going after the shortstops, the middle infielders, et cetera, or Aaron judge, whoever it may be, uh, to take some time, right? Like if, if teams blow them away with offers, sure. But, you know, usually players like that are going to want to collect offers, see if there's some bidding that can go along, compare the things, etc. Sometimes you have those guys doing visits to the particular team. So that can get dragged out a little. So I think for a team like the Cubs, I'm with you, Brendan, especially in that rotation. Um, I know that uh, Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation has been, you know, kind of big uh, specifically on on Kodai Senga and maybe trying to get something like that done quickly Because maybe that's not the top of the rotation arm that you're looking for, but he would add stability and depth and potential, and then you can kind of move on, right? And you have that, you have it in-house, it's taken care of, and then if you do feel like delving into guys like Jacob deGrom or Justin Verlander or making a big trade for someone who sits at the top of your rotation, you've at least added something to the rotation to then go and see if that stuff is available to you, right? Because, of course, the, the main caveat here is players don't have to choose the Cubs, even if they have the best offer or a good offer, and trades don't always materialize. And... There, there's a, a lot of stuff that we want to get into in this in this podcast. I think really this podcast is going to be setting the table. I think for this off season, um, one of the things you know that is important here, and as you and I were on the air last week, we were watching the Alexander Canario injury. Uh, that news was not good. Uh, he's going to need surgery on the ankle, the shoulder. Hopefully, he's you know it's you know I think I saw the pessimistic views, maybe like six months. Till he's, you know, back at full strength and able to get out there, May, you know, maybe it's earlier than that, et cetera. But obviously, That's
0: pessimistic six months. I thought that would be like normal. I don't know.
1: Well, I don't
0: know. For me, it's, for me, it's like ours right, to be expected. Like yeah, well, truly pessimistic is like all right,
1: like you know, seven months, eight months. Yes, and then, like, no, you know, I guess I just mean I saw issues. I saw four to six months, maybe, and no. like you know, then it would be that. But yes, uh, he suffered a, a a broken ankle and a shoulder dislocation, so it's not good. Lovely. So I guess yes, the lovely the the pessimistic view. So you were right on that podcast last week. Uh, you were freaking out, and you were yeah. correct to be freaking well, out. So that's cool. There
0: you go. Yeah. Well, it just validates whenever I freak out in the future too. So
1: I, I love that. I love that. Right. Uh, Yes. So also, Brendan Davis was shut down in the Mm -hmm. Arizona Fall League. So I bring all this up, right? We'll see how those timelines go, and we'll see when those guys are able to get back there and how that affects their 2023 outlook. We don't really have a clear answer on that yet, but I bring that up because I do think that drastically affects the Cubs off-season plans. Uh, I know Luke and Cody and Ryan discussed a lot of this stuff earlier in the week on the CHDO Cubs podcast. You can check that out on YouTube or on this podcast feed. Um, But I think, you know, in in the context that Brendan and I are talking here, you have to now see if that changes your plans. And I think that is going to pretty easily affect your plans in two ways. Uh, One You now have to address center field or the outfield for next year with at least some trepidation, if not serious trepidation, that those guys are going to come up and make an impact at some point, right? We're not sure about that. The Cubs may have their own internal view on that. We'll see. Uh, But you remember going into this year, the hope was that Brennan was going to come up maybe mid-season, July, August, something like that, and be able to hop into center field. That did not happen. And 2023, I I don't know that you can count on that with either of these guys. The the second way, Brendan, is that you—I don't think Brendan would have been in this category, but I have a sneaking suspicion that Canario would have been. You you can't really trade these guys. You, you, you can, but you wouldn't want to do that now. So if you were planning on including these guys in some big trade, them dealing with injury stuff and being shut down, etc., etc., especially for Canario— that's not good on that front. So you may have to pivot on that front as well. So Jed has some uh, interesting thinking to do uh, and not a lot of time to really pivot those plans before all of this goes down. That's the worst part
0: about about that Canario trade. It's not the, which also sucks, it's not the timeline that he'll be out and the missed development time in the winter league, although he had a great year and a lot of at-bats. It's, you it's the fact that you can't trade them. like maybe you can. there's been instances in years past where injured players do get traded, like like Nick Matricgal, for example. but you know, this is significantly hurting his value. you're you're right. not trading them at all. like there's no way. So
1: he's he's he just to jump in, he was coming off a red hot minor league season. And he was also showing some really good stuff in the Dominican Winter League where he was hurt. So the value may have never been higher than it was prior to the injury. So you're not going to want to do that now. Exactly.
0: And it's not—as like, an example, with Canario and the fact that the Cubs may have traded some guys this offseason within the system— Maybe Carnario wouldn't have been that guy, but it could have been other guys. It's just you lose that negotiation room when you're when you're trying to trade from within. When you take him off, can't do it. You take off like Preciado, knee injury, can't do it. Brennan Davis probably not ever going to be traded, but I'm, I'm sure he's using those negotiation tactics, right? Can't do it. So there's been a huge injury. Bug that unfortunately is is hurting, I think, how the Cubs proceed forward. With Brennan specifically, you would have liked him to get AFL up bats. I think that was beyond our expectations, even two months ago. But it's just like the persistent bad news, right? Like that's that's kind of what it is. It kind of just doesn't inspire confidence at least going forward in what you can project for Brennan for twenty twenty three. And maybe that was that would have never been the case, but it's just it's lingering. It's a it's a bad feeling. And I have to think that at least for the Canario news, maybe this is me being super pessimistic, but I, I think that drastically changes how Jet operates. I think there's a huge, huge problem from just a negotiation tactic perspective. I'm sure he'll be back and fine and uh with Medicine these days, those guys typically come back strong. But at the same time, we've seen shoulder injuries linger for players. We saw David Bodie dislocate his shoulder twice. Right. Uh, we saw Cody Bellinger in the World Series did that celebration. Uh, her, I think he dislocated his shoulder too. It was never the same. Although that's you know a huge multi-passage problem. But guys have shoulder injuries. Sometimes it's hard. For that to heal up, and so that's another factor in determining okay, what can you project with Canario? That's a huge level of uncertainty that I am so uncomfortable with. So right. again, that's very pessimistic, but that's just the reality of the situation. I feel like
1: right, and even if you know Canario wasn't going to be someone that you traded from, the depth changes, right? Because even if you were going to trade other guys, you w- you exactly. would have done that, you know, hoping that these two guys would have been really solid and you could really count on them. If you can't do that, then the depth is hurt, right? Even if they weren't going to be the guys that you traded. Uh, and I know, you know, Ryan, Cody, and Luke brought this up too, but this highlights, you know, I think a bigger issue and I think something that a lot of people have taken umbrage with as, as it relates to uh, this rebuild that, of course, we're not allowed to call a rebuild, is um, you can't always count on prospects, man. You know, the Cubs won a World Series that we were just talking about. Uh, the sixth anniversary was a couple days ago on November Worcester 2nd. Correct, yes. To bring that up again. Um, and they succeeded very well with prospects. And you and I have talked about before, and a lot of people have talked about and written, how just absurdly lucky is not the right word um but just how absurdly fortunate the timing was on that right like you called up all these young guys and they all performed at such a high level and you look at how some of their career trajectories have gone since then it's really nice that they all played that way in 2016 right because if they had gotten different performances from those guys you know, if you had gotten a, a different version of Chris Bryant in 2016, maybe they don't win that World Series, right? Um, if you got the version of Javi Baez that the Tigers just got, you, you know, you may not have won that World Series. Uh, it's, and you can go down on that list in many different ways. Uh, so just because it worked once before, my point is it's difficult to repeat, Right. Um, and you know, they're they're working through this, and you'll we'll see how it goes. But, you know, just ask the people on the other side of Chicago, right? Like just because you draft and sign a bunch of good prospects and bring them up and and try to make that happen. that th- that does not a World Series guarantee. Yeah. So this is one of those areas where when we're listening to Jed, say we're building the next great Cubs team, we're, you know, waiting on, you know, spending all this money until it's the appropriate time, like, Sometimes the appropriate time doesn't come. You know, you kind of have to make the appropriate time because counting on all these young guys, stuff happens, man. You know, sometimes a guy goes to the Dominican Winter League because he's working his butt off to get better and improve, and he steps on a huge base weird, and now he's out for yeah. six months, right? Like, Yeah you can't predict this stuff. So I, I I, do, you know, that's also part of the argument, right? Where it's going to be like, look, you know, you have these proven good players out there. Uh, you got to spend money to make money and to win games. And, you know, of course, that comes with its own set of caveats and, and dangers as well. But, that's going to be a point that you know is made here. So it does. I do. I do think that since you and I spoke last, I I would very strongly imagine that Jed and Carter's plan for this off has changed. Oh yeah. I I, I would guess is. pretty significantly.
0: Yeah, and that's just not being pessimistic. That's just being in in my mind. This is being real. This is a top prospect who's tearing it up, and you're trying to fill so many gaps in your roster. You can't do it all through free agency. So, of course, you're going to lose one of your biggest trade chips. That is not good. That is not good for your team. Right. But a quick break here from our sponsor, the first of which is Shady Rays. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you ever lose or break your shades on even the first day, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you drop them in the lake, for example, or off a cliff, anything, you're going skydiving, they fell off, I don't know, they will replace them. But even with that strong protection program, they still manage to make very high quality that I can tell you I've had these for a few weeks now holding in my hand. They seem just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree. They have over 200,000 five-star reviews. And Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. You can use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Again, redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all of their newest and best shades. Another break here for our sponsor Game Time. GameTime is the hottest new ticking site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, like the 50-yard line, courtside to Bulls games, behind home plate of the World Series, floor seats at a concert, it's possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Blackhawks games, Bulls games, Bears games. Bears have been very active, making trades. Justin Fields has been playing better. Maybe you want to see the Bears uh, at the 50-yard line. Last second, go on the Game Time app and see if you can get those tickets that you uh, that you want. This app is created by the fans for the fans. It guarantees the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, then you will love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in this description. You can join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the besties to all your favorite events.
1: Yes, and if, uh, as a reminder, if you want to use GameTime to go see the Bears on Sunday against the Dolphins, you can also check out the CHGO Bears tailgate going on before the game. We'll have the ticketing link in the podcast description here. Uh, You can check out the CHGO social handles, allchgo.com. The first one was a great time, and there will be more to come. But if you want to head out on Sunday, uh, you should do that, and you can get your tickets to the game with game time. So Brendan, uh, keeping in the outfield, uh, we learned that Ian Happ did win the Gold Glove since you and I last spoke. Uh, So congratulations to Ian. As we talked about when he was nominated, uh, he very much deserves this. He's put in the work, uh, the results showed, and I'm, I'm very, very happy for him. Uh, as you and I said, Nico not getting nominated, uh, the gold gloves are pointless. Ian no, Happ winning, right. wow, what an honor, right? Yeah. I mean, only,
0: to me, it's only fair for the outfield. The infield is just not fair. Right. Well, I mean, for first base in years past, it's been fair. Only, only shortstop is not fair.
1: Right. But either yeah. way... Ian really deserves this. I'm very happy for him, um, and it it is a it it is a serious accolade and, and one that he deserves uh, to have on his resume. I'll ask you this: I don't know how you felt about this before, but he is one of those sort of decisions the Cubs have to make. Um, not in the sense that I mean, you know, they'll they'll obviously you know decide to to keep him around this year. Although I guess I say obviously they've made different decisions in the past that were a little confusing, but. Given the news on the uncertainty on Brennan, it, Brennan was shut down with some back soreness. They they don't believe it's related to where he had the surgery, but obviously, you know, I mean, he had the, back surgery. I don't, I, right, that's, on that's the, that's back, the stuff I don't understand, but okay. yeah, it's it's not what you want to hear, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, you're you were hoping that he would be able to continue. you know he still needs development time right like you know he, he's even when he got hurt it was not like he was immediately ready to come up there were still some things i think that the cubs wanted him to work through adjustments etc so given that uncertainty given that canario's having surgery he's going to have to rehab etc does does that You and I talked about center field options, which I think obviously become a more pressing need because you may not have that insurance immediately available, or you may not turn the keys over to someone as quickly as you were hoping um, with PCA still a few years away, et cetera. Does this change your calculus on maybe giving now gold glove winner Ian Happ an extension?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think you have to consider all the options, right? Like Each option has a certain chance of working out and making sense. And with Ian Happ, you have to weigh the probability of now not having that death because of Brennan's injury, because of Canario's injury, and your inability to perhaps go out and make the trades that you hoped you could have made. So the the context does change. So I think there's perhaps given what we know about these injuries and where the Cubs are, a greater chance that HAP is extended. And from the last two months, we didn't go into so much detail about it from like August to September, but he made adjustments. He did struggle a little bit there, but ultimately he still had the plate discipline, the contact throughout the entire season. Uh, power did improve a little bit towards the second half. So yeah, I think it does improve the chances of him getting an extension. It just depends on what it looks like, right? Sure. His arbitration is estimated to be around 10 million in his final year. If he wants like a 4-year, 50 million dollar contract, that's of course doable. If he wants like a 4-year, you know, 90 million dollar contract, then you have to be realistic and perhaps not give him that, right? So it all depends, but I think the chances he gets an extension are exponentially higher now than they were back in July. There's there's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the, the changes he's made, the improvements he's made, and I think you know, he loves Chicago. He loves playing here. Um, you know, that's evident. It's something that a lot of people say, but he is also one of those guys who's made a very strong, he's laid down some really serious roots in the community, uh, with various philanthropic charity efforts. Um, he talks about it all the time, how much he loves playing here and and playing in front of the fans. And, um, you know his his drive down Lakeshore. I was I was just watching a video he put out on social media the other day about you know how when you he's driving down Lakeshore he looks at the lake and he kind of gets an idea of whether it's going to be an easy day to hit home runs, a hard day to hit home runs. Like you you really get that sense that like this guy loves being a Chicago Cub. And you know we've said that before, and we've said goodbye yeah. to some guys that have said that. But yeah. I think having stability in the corners of the outfield with him and say, especially if Hap was not the, the craziest extension, you know, terms, which I wouldn't expect them to be. Um, I think that that would really help things. It kind of, it, it's, it's sort of similar to how I feel about the rotation, right? Like, you you want that stability and then you can go and look at trades or look at big time contracts or other ways you want to address things but if you can have that stability you can have that foundation you can kind of breathe easy on that and then attack the bigger projects but I think that would be something I was in I, I would be interested in Um, in doing with Ian Happ. The thing with Happ, too, you know, you have to remember uh, he is the player's uh, MLBPA representative for the Cubs. Yeah, and actually, if you guys haven't listened to it yet already, Cody, Luke, and Ryan were joined by Patrick Mooney of The Athletic earlier this week, so check out that episode on YouTube or the podcast feed if you haven't heard it already. But Patrick was talking about how Ian Happ, sometimes when they're talking to him, will even surprise them with his knowledge of the the league and contracts and policies and all of that, you know, uh, with being the MLBPA representative and how sometimes he'll even, you know, think of stuff before they ask him the questions or just kind of catch them off guard with just how knowledgeable he is in that stuff. So something to keep in mind as we're thinking about a potentially in have contract extension, uh, you know, not that that necessarily affects the, the money or the terms or anything, but, Ian is very savvy with this stuff. He knows his value. He knows how this business works probably better than most, um, you know, and doesn't necessarily need his agent to guide him through all of that. So just something to keep in mind. And I thought was a really interesting note from, from Patrick and the guys the other day with, the, with this one,
0: it, it seems to make sense from a financial perspective. You don't expect him to, to break the bank, right? So, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point. I never thought about happy and extended at the onset. That that would that would be awesome because then you can fill in the gaps with more confidence and maybe you are more willing to make trades if you do lock up that left field corner, right? So maybe that's something to look for in the yeah. first month or two.
1: Yeah. And so before, so one other thing I, I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, you know, we've touched on the first base situation before. We've talked about Anthony Rizzo. We've talked about Jose Abreu. We talked about Matt Mervis. Uh, he continues to just put up really great numbers in the AFL. Um, in in particular, you know, some of the contact numbers, things like that. He's going to be in the Home Run Derby there, uh, and then I think finally he's he's going to take a break and you know rest a little bit. Um, you know the the AFL is an interesting league, right? With with who's there, the type of pitchers, the ballparks, etc. Has anything you've seen in in the AFL? Changed how you view that situation, and maybe some of the conversations we've had around first base in the past. Or are you kind of still feeling the same?
0: I think the the outcome of giving Mervis a chance while simultaneously having a good safety net, perhaps in the form of a brayu, which is safety nets being you know not. Uh, deserving of a Abreu's skill set, but having a way to get Mervis involved will also still provide value for a space in the case he does not work out. That that hasn't changed, but maybe my idea that his ability to translate to the big leagues, I think it is growing. It's not solely because of the AFL stats. Um, It's kind of a mix of that and then what he's talking about and what we're seeing from the Cubs hitting coach perspective, you know they promoted Dustin Kelly from the minor league hitting coordinator position to the big league hitting position job. So that reflects well on guys like uh, Mervis, and Kelly was involved in Mervis's development and uh, the quick signing of him when he was not drafted in the 2020 uh, COVID season. So it, it it to me signals that Mervis is someone who's not just this you know, um, what's the term? Quadruple A guy, perhaps? It's it's perhaps bigger than that. And then if you look at the actual AFL numbers, the biggest thing that jumps out to me so far is he's only struck out three times in 47 plate appearances on his baseball reference page. Uh, three times in 47 plate appearances. That's like 6%. And he's, by every single level, decreased his strikeout rate substantially. I mean, Started the season striking out 24% of the time, got promoted 20% of the time, got promoted again, around 15%. And now you're in the AFL and you're striking out in 6% of your plate appearances. It signals that he's made adjustments. And Brian Smith, who was down in Arizona the past week, got a chance to talk with Matt Mervis. And this is from uh, one of Brian's blogs at Bleacher Nation. And Brian said... um, just to paraphrase what uh, Mervis told Brian, was that at each level Mervis was facing fewer fastballs, and so Mervis's swing decisions changed as a result. So to me, that signals an actual like mental adjustment beyond just like the mechanical stuff that he's able to adjust expectations, pitch recognition, um, pitch approach, and I, I, I like that. That signals plate approach maturity. Uh, beyond just the skill set. So for me, the outcome of having a good first baseman in a you perhaps or someone else while opening the door for Mervis, that has not changed. I want that. But perhaps I think my thinking of what is the likelihood of him succeeding has changed. I think just given what he said, Dustin Kelly's promotion and his continuous uh, progression in, in making more contact, I think that's quite impressive and it does change the calculus for me.
1: Yeah, uh, we, we didn't really get into that. I know Cody, Luke, and Ryan talked about the hitting coach stuff. Um, if you get offered the Cubs hitting coach job, I, I'm i not sure you should take it, Brendan. Well, this one's a little bit different. I mean, I'll take the job
0: if, if that's what you're insinuating. But um, this seems like a uh, Tommy Hotovy type situation where the Cubs are going through so many pitching coaches and... Um, for, for a while there, and then they promoted a young guy within the system for a few years, yes. Tommy Hattavy, and then, you know, he's been the guy ever since. So if I get Tommy Hattavy vibes from Justin Kelly.
1: Yeah, I know it was actually Brian on Twitter who was sort of speculating as this was happening that maybe this was a move because they didn't want to lose Dustin. Um, yeah. I, I say it in jest. It's just you and I have been doing this podcast since January of 2016, and there have been 100 hitting coaches. So this one feels different, though. I don't know. I guess I, I, it's, it's different. Like he's gone
0: through the system. It's a different type of environment, different front office. Like I know people are going to point to the recent history, but uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm, in, I'm intrigued about this one, yeah. especially with all the new like uh, hitting data coming out and new like analytics and and a lot of the stack-ass stuff that teams are working on. This seems kind of like innovative, perhaps. Although we don't have all the information, I'm just very curious about it.
1: Yeah. So, but but back to to Mervis, I you know kind of remain in the same spot. I think that that signing uh, somebody to kind of bridge that gap and give you some insurance, especially if they can also play DH. Um, is the right way to go. And, and you integrate Mervis as best you can. And, you know, look, the hope is he comes in and continues to do what he's doing. Um, I think like you said, the, the, the biggest evidence that he is not going to be a quadruple A guy, um, you know, one, he's, he's not as old as some of the guys, right. That we were kind of seeing that with, um, but he continues to just make adjustments, uh, and that's the key that, you know, stuff is being identified, you know, there's holes that he wants to fix, and he's fixing them. And, you know, of course, you want to see that against major league competition. Um, you know, we talked a lot about Nelson Velasquez, I, I don't think he got as much of a look as you really would have liked in 2022 to have kind of a, a really concrete opinion. Um, but he was a guy who tore up the AFL. And then, you know, that didn't immediately happen in the majors. And like I said, he was kind of in a tough spot in terms of his playing time and opportunities and things like that. Um, But I just say that, you know, just because a guy does well in the AFL or is hitting a bunch of home runs, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that that automatically translates. You still have to come to the majors and hit major league pitching. Uh, But Mervis has just done this at every level. And I think you want to be in a position where he has a chance to show you this in 2023. Um, I still, you know, and I think you're with me. Like I, you know, I, I, I don't think you can put all the chips, you know, or all the eggs in that one basket, right? I, unless you are spending a ton of money on the rest of this team. I just think that's too risky. You could um, trade
0: him too, by the way. You know, he's part of that conversation. We don't, we don't really talk about Mervis and trade talks, but he could be one of those guys as well.
1: I think anybody could be in those talks. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so Yeah. Uh, But yeah, look, the the takeaway, though, is that this remains impressive, and I still think that one of the main things that I'm excited about as it relates to Mervis is how how interested this organization was in him and how quickly they acted when he became available after that 2020 draft, and to see that they were so hyper-focused on signing him, the first call that Jed made, and that he's made these adjustments and kind of proven that right. It, it does just give me a lot of confidence in yeah. this process and in him, right? Like the the Cubs front office doesn't have to be right, but it it, it is one of those things where just follows that trajectory they were very excited about him they were very interested in him and he just keeps proving that right so it's hard not to be very excited about him
0: yeah and you, you hear that from you know public baseball figures like on twitter like kyle bode from driveline he commended the cubs and mervis and that type of unique progression um and I think it was like, what, two minutes after that? Not very quick. Yeah. yeah, it was like within seconds. They like reached out and signed him. So uh, he w- he was on their radar and he continues to improve. So um, yeah, I'm curious about him. I'm, I'm more like, here's what I'm curious about before I do this ad break. From talking to different, you know, people who are in front offices and like the data side. Um, there's an emphasis on trying to develop like hitting tools and hitting analytics uh, in 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 the same vein as like what we have for pitching these days. It still seems to be a little bit far away, just from the technology standpoint and some bugs and whatnot. But I, I feel as if, given what we know about Mervis and from you know like driveline, from his uh, uh, fast progression through the system, like I'm wondering once like the data comes out and they're able to optimize some of the tech, if he's if he's if he has something that most guys don't have, but if that's going to be predictive of success, and you think of guys like who throw 92 miles per hour, um, not fast, but they have a lot of you know rising action on their fastballs. And that allows them to get past guys. You know, I do wonder if there's some type of similar, again, in the same vein, similar traits for some of these hitters, like including like Matt Mervis. So as the year goes on and years go on, I'm curious just how the data will ultimately rate them because then we can use this as a better evaluation tool in, in the years to come. All right, so another break here from our sponsor, FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out. In the best sports gear around, Foco got you covered from social field to the living room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, Foco. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan cold breeze that's happening in November and December, So check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-pre-still items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. It's time for October Baseball, and I'm betting on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of that World Series right now. DraftKings Sportsbook has a championship-worthy offer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $5 on any World Series game and win $200 in free bets if your team wins. If you want to boost your winnings, check out DraftKings.com, same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Uh, Right now, this World Series can go six games with the Astros and Phillies tied at two games apiece. So by the time you're listening to this, you can bet on game uh, six. Maybe you can even bet on game seven. The odds right now are favored towards the Astros. But as we know, things do change. No hitters happen as well. So right now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook and use promo code CHGO and bet $5 to win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details and will be trademarks used with permission.
1: Well, brendan you know you mentioned uh maybe this world series going seven games ah, that seems it like it would be pretty stressful don't you think i i would think so you know throwing a rain delay as well you know things will get pretty uh pretty heated yeah i, I wonder if a team I has know. ever won the world series in seven games before no i'm you know, oh you know what Corey?
0: i think like yeah 2016 oh. World Series Cubs. oh good i know call. yeah oh good call that people forget that people do forget that
1: uh, yeah. speaking of the World Series, I do have a question for you you know we're setting okay. the table here we're talking about what we want them to do et cetera et cetera uh, as we're recording this Justin Verlander is still pitching in game five. Uh, as I am saying this, it is a better outcome than he saw in his first outing in this World Series which saw him blow uh, a five to nothing lead that his offense had given him but four walks, in game five, again, so far they're in the middle of this game. They're in the fifth. I mean, he may blow this. He this.
0: may blow this right now. He just Eight. gave up a. He just gave up a double to Harper. As we we're talking about right. This. So
1: <laughs> yeah, like this. This can change. Uh, it's this a better start, but still four walks. He the the point. Regardless, if this start gets worse, it only proves this point further. If he gets through this and it stays the same, the point still remains that he doesn't seem to be this same guy in the World Series right? And this was true before this year. Given his age as well, let's say the Cubs do go out and get someone like Senga or, or someone that, you know, Senga has the, the potential, I think, to develop into uh, a top of the rotation guy. He certainly put up those results in Japan, but how that, you know, how he makes those adjustments and comes over to Major League Baseball, et cetera, still something you're not sure of. But let's say they get someone like that, Someone that you feel confident at least adds depth and and potential to this rotation. But you still want that top of the rotation guy. Does Verlander not seeming the same in, in the World Series, does that change your opinion on him at all?
0: I mean, maybe, you know, I haven't dug into the data of what's going on, but, you know, if his velocity is decreased or if there's some deviations in release point that's being captured, but perhaps. I think in general, though, he's 40 years old. That's it. He's 40 years old and he's going to be approaching 41 if they give him a multiple year contract. Um, I I like Sanga. We've talked about this a lot, but. If it's Senga and Verlander, I'm still gonna be a little uncomfortable until we get that top shelf ace. Like I want like a long term ace. Right. Um so yeah, I, I, I don't I'm I'm not
1: okay, totally
0: but, excited about the idea. I'll sure. be honest.
1: So let's let's say that Maybe a trade for an ace is more difficult now because of the prospect situation that we... It is more difficult. It is. Right. Let's say that Jed and Carter had a deal cooked up for Shane Bieber that centered around Alexander Canario, that that is now gone, off the table. Mm -hmm. So let's say they're, they're... that's difficult to find, or they're pausing that. And they do sign someone like Senga, and they say, you know, we want to be more competitive in 2023. We're going to look at Verlander on a one- or two-year deal, or DeGrom on a two- to three-year deal. You're not into that, or you're okay with that? No, like, I mean, that's, like, that's, I that's, guess a, that's the best you can let's do. Let's say that that long-term ace is m- not something that they can pursue anymore.
0: I know that's my that's why I hate this injury, right? Like, you can only do what's realistic, and this is all hypothetical, right? But if you're only able to improve your rotation by signing DeGrom or uh, Verland as your top term. shelf guy in the short term, yeah, that that sucks, dude. Like, I mean, like, I mean, they're great pitchers, don't get me wrong, but it, it, it sucks in the fact that you're still not going to be able to have that long term commitment for, for a, a viable top shelf guy. And that's 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 what I want. Well, um, until
1: Hayden Wisniewski comes in. Oh, well, there
0: and, you go. Yeah. So maybe I mean that's the answer right there. But I mean, like I I forget. No, I, really I, I, I know
1: what you mean. And but I, I, don't, I I don't
0: mean it sucks to sign those guys. Like, yes, I, would, I understand. Like, yeah, it's just like you know if that if that's the only path forward, then it just that's what sucks because you you want to explore all options. So ah, I don't know. There's a, there's a sense of discomfort that I just don't I don't like.
1: Yeah, I, I I understand. Um and you know, I just bring that up, uh, the the World Series stuff because, you know, I, I never know about that, right? Like anytime you get in a condensed series, the scouting becomes so hypersensitive, the the pressure's on. Um, you know, you look at a team like the Phillies too, like they're just sort of on they're on something right now, right? Like the vibes have just kicked in, like They're seeing the ball well, et cetera. So it's tough to to judge playoff performance and stuff. But if you were signing a guy to a one to two year deal, the intent with that would be to try and be competitive. And if you sneak in to, you know, make noise in the playoffs, and I think it's worth mentioning when a guy isn't performing that same way in the playoffs, which would be, you know, part of the reason that you went and made that move. It's also a good time to remind you, uh, you know, someone who doesn't and never did have this problem in the playoffs or the World Series. Uh, that would be John Lester, who was uh, one of the best pitchers of our generation in the clutch and in the playoffs and in the World Series. Uh, John went to three World Series twice as a Red Sox and once as a Cub. He won all three of them.
0: I I feel like you're uh, mentioning John Lester way more often recently. I have no problem with it. I'm just, you know, acknowledging that fact.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like... You miss uh, him, don't you?
0: Oh, always. I mean, like, you have John Lester memes going on today. Like, I feel like it's a very John Lester-centric mindset in the past few weeks,
1: which I support. Again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Number 34, you boy. Well, you know, it just, it comes up. They keep putting up these stats about, like, Verlander and Kershaw in the World Series. And it's like, gee, you know who didn't have that problem? (laughs) John Lester,
0: but that's what I mean, though. That's a, that was it's, it's useful that you brought him up because, like, that's what I want right now. Like, I want a John Lester, and that's that's a greedy ass. Don't get me wrong, but when you're talking about Degrom and Verlander, they're not going to fulfill that John Lester long-term commitment. And you're talking about a great pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but there's still uncertainties in that projection. So for sure. me, it was always going through a trade. And whether it was Bieber, I don't know who else. And then having a realistic idea to to extend him or buy out some of those RBS, like that's what I wanted, dude. I I want that long ter- term commitment. And right now, I don't see that happening in a like obvious way.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I and maybe it's not for Bieber, but there's other options around the league. I'm like almost positive that was going to happen maybe yeah. it still does and it includes different guys and maybe canario or davis were never in those discussions but i like would have bet really strongly uh if, if DraftKings had a prop are the cubs going to trade from the system for a starting pitcher i would have yeah. slammed that um alas we'll see what happens all right so as as we're setting the table for the offseason season. Uh, some of this stuff can get going, you know, by the time you and I jump on here again. So I want to just ask you a couple questions. Uh, we've talked about a lot of this, but you know, in case this is the last time before moves happen, um, Wilson Contreras, you expect him to decline Uh, the the qualifying offer the Cubs extend. And I assume that you are of the belief as many are that his time with the Cubs is done. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if you were going to bet as well on different props, like that
0: would be one I would bet on that he's gone. I'm still into the idea of bringing him back. I think it it depends what the context is. If the Contract price is cheaper than expected based on just a different evaluation of the market ahead, and if the idea is he's going to be playing like you know that uh, different positions, whether it be first base uh, or not catching as often. Like I'm still into the idea; it's still you know a possibility. It just depends what the price is and how the roster makeup shakes out and what the free agent market looks like. But I don't think you should ever just automatically exclude someone from the conversation. Sure. Uh, it all depends what he wants. And there is, ve- like, Wilson Church is a good baseball player. Like, we're all kind of, not we're all, but sometimes we forget that. And if there's a way to um, come to a fair price while also protecting the catcher position and giving Wilson the uh, ability to protect his legs a little bit more, then I'm into the idea. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm still into the idea. It just has to be, like, an obvious decision. Sure.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on on that i think um, now would you be surprised if he accepts
0: that qualifying offer it's gonna be around 20 million
1: yeah i think so i just feel like yeah. somebody's gonna give him more than that and we've been wrong on that in the past but i i just get the sense that somebody is going to be interested in his services at you know in a, in a more longer term way that i think he'll he'll look for that stability and and a contract that would be my guess Yeah, I think so. Um, But, you know, you never know. Um, You know, the other thing, too, like accepting the qualifying offer is a risky proposition for him. He's dealt with some injuries, you know, and if you're going to bet on yourself in that way in the hope of hitting free agency again and and getting a a longer-term contract— he's had some seasons where that that wouldn't be the case and it's it's nothing of his own fault right like he gets hurt you know and that's part of the deal with being a catcher and stuff like that so i don't know if the the risk proposition there is is going to be worth it for him especially if there's teams that are interested which i expect there will be um my other question i want you on record now it's your final final time final answer if the cubs are playing in the big free agent pool, and I will include Aaron Judge in this. I'm not going to make you choose someone that's going to bump Nico off of shortstop. (laughs) If they're playing in that pool, let's call it Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Xander Bogarts. I I forgot somebody, didn't I? No, I think you're it. No, isn't there another shortstop? Uh, Trey Turner Carlos Correa
0: Xander Bogarts Dan Swanson Swanson. No maybe that is it Okay Yeah you did You did it well Good job Um, Who do you want uh, number one is still Xander Bogarts. Uh, it, uh, Carlos Correa is still going up the list a little bit. I think if we're going to extend or not extend, but sign someone to a massive contract, like Correa is probably the ideal guy given his contact rate, power, athleticism, um, you know, intellect of the sport and the way he approaches the game. I I think that's the guy you want to sign. Uh, it just depends on what your level of trust is for a guy given. Ten years, over ten years, and you know, almost half a billion dollars in commitment. So that that might be uncomfortable for Jed. I look at what Xander has done, uh, how he finished the season, how he recovered from that shoulder and wrist problem earlier on in May given his past power numbers. They they, they are within range of projections of Correa's power numbers. Xander does have an exceptional contact rate. He does see pitches. He may not be as athletic as Correa. He may not have the age uh, that Correa has. Xander's 30. Carlos Correa's 28. And he may not have the the physique that Carlos Correa has that suggests a better age curve than Xander. But what Xander has that Carlos does not have is perhaps half the price tag. Um, So because of that, I I I kind of want to ear on the side of caution. But Carlos Correa has slowly gone up that that thinking ladder for me of of him making sense. It's it's a it's very close, scory right now. Um, but I think where I am where I'm at. It's my last chance to say it. But I think uh, Xander number one with Carlos Correa just right behind him. But if Correa signed, man, I'm I'm all in. I think that's the guy. Again, if you want to give out one of those deals, Correa is the guy to do it.
1: Yeah, I continue to just believe it's Correa. I just think he's the guy. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, Age, to be honest, if I'm being involved. perfectly honest with you, I genuinely don't care. I don't want it to be Dansby. That's my opinion. Dansby is a great baseball player. He's a winner. Um, he is extremely revered in Atlanta. Uh, he seems to be an incredible clubhouse person. There is a lot to like about him, but I just don't trust the offense in in, in a long term. Well,
0: you're sense. comparing him to Correa and Zandt, right? You Those know, other guys Dansby, just have such
1: longer yeah. track records of the offense that Jed is looking for.
0: If it were just Dansby as a standalone,
1: and the other guys weren't available, then yeah, of course you can say if they bring in Dansby, I'm not going to complain. I, I mean, just he's think like a hell of a of, defender, by the way. That would yes, that would be fun. Just saying of the options, it just it. It doesn't have the oomph that I think those other guys potentially bring.
0: I mean, what about you? You want Xander? You want Carlos? You want Carlos, don't you?
1: Well, what I was going to say is that I, I really genuinely don't care. I want the Cubs to spend Tom Ricketts' money, and I want this team to be better.
0: So you have, so if if, if it were Xander or Carlos, you really have no opinion on either or.
1: You I a all right. I think like you're, you're a Carlos I guy. think it. Yeah. I I I think it's. You've great. been saying that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I got to be honest with you. I know some people are put off by how he handled some of the Astros cheating stuff. Might I mean, pro- I'm a little put off, probably put yeah, off by it. that he was probably cheating. I don't remember what the conclusion was. If everybody was doing that or what. Um, I this is you always yell at me for talking about this, but this is my background as a child watching wrestling. Oh, okay. I like rooting for Here the bad go. guy. The Cubs being the bad guys is not something that I'm afraid of, right? I don't want them to cheat, but I want them to win. And people hating the Cubs doesn't bother me. And the Cubs, you know, like mouthing off and talking trash um, in that way, right? Like, you know, it's 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 part of the game. It's not, you know, bad. Um, I I just don't have an issue with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I yes I, and no to, re, to reiterate. <laughs> like I do, I'm not. I do not want them to cheat. That is not something that I'm advocating for. And you know, Korea and all of them did not see receive the proper punishment for that, and uh, you know, stealing a World Series title and all of that, and ruining you Darvish's reputation yeah. for a while. Like they they deserve more than that. I'm not advocating for that, but he wouldn't be doing that in Chicago. He's gonna come here to play baseball. He's a very good baseball player and hey, he's gonna grow.
0: He's a young he was a you know he's a young guy, give him the benefit of the doubt, making mistakes with the media, you know, it happens.
1: And, you know, like I, I I just don't care about that, I guess is is my point. I just want the Cubs to win games. So
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, um, you know, we could be talking next week and uh I may change my mind. I want Carlos Correa to be my number one guy, but it's just I yeah, I don't know. It's just it comes to, for for me. It's just like the power projection, and, and both Xander and Carlos Correa have like a very similar power profile. So because of that, you know, in the next four or five years, uh, I'll just take the less risky side of this, I guess. But that could just be a cop out for me. Maybe it does make more sense just to go all in on on Carlos
1: Correa. Just go get good players, make the team better. Yeah, we are watching. Uh, you know, again. Like that World Series game five is going on as we're recording this. So we'll see if the Phillies pull it off or not. Uh but they you know, they're a wildcard team. They're playing for the World Series. And 87 wins. it doesn't mean that you spend recklessly. You know, you want there to be intention there, you want there to be uh long term thought. I understand that, and I think that's what Jed means with intelligent spending, but Some of these guys will fit that mold and also be longer-term deals and will maybe help you next year, even if it's not the next great Cubs team, sneak into the playoffs, maybe win a bad division, and lo and behold, maybe we're talking about World Series baseball in November at beautiful historic Wrigley Field. Go do it, right? It's not my money. It's not Brendan's money. It's Tom's money. Go spend it, please. All right? Let's have a good 2023. There you go. That's setting the table for the off season. So as always, uh, we appreciate, I think that's all we have for you. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe one day, Brendan will put up a a special feed where it's just us talking about them winning the world series for five hours or something like that. If you piece together the amount of time you and I spend on that on a weekly basis and during the season, a twice weekly basis, it it's several, you, you guys get several hours of that a year. Um, but you know, maybe we can do a, a bigger, longer episode, um, eventually, but all right, we appreciate you guys listening to the CHGO Cubs podcast. I will direct you to, uh, some of the episodes that, uh, Cody, Luke and Ryan did this week, uh, as part of the off season, having some really good guests and mentioned Patrick Mooney, uh, as one of them, but. Check all those interviews out. And of course, uh, Monday through Thursday, don't miss their live shows streaming at one 20, which of course is also when Cubs day games start. Um, we appreciate you listening to Brendan and I, and, and tuning in and all of your support for CHGO. As we always mention, Blackhawks are up and running. Bulls are up and running. Bears are up and running. Uh, we have really excellent teams, uh, across all sports, uh, at CHGO, really great people and, and, and beat writers and, and content creators. Uh, so if some of those other sports are your flavor or you want to get into some of those other sports, please check out those feeds, visit all sign up to become a member. Uh, I, I, you will not regret it. And I think you'll, you'll, uh, your, your experience as a fan with those other teams, as well as the Cubs will be enriched uh, as part of doing so. So we appreciate your support. Brendan and I will talk to you next week when we have a new world series champion, uh, and we'll get ready to get into this off season. So, uh, as always use that code CHGO when you sign up at DraftKings, Brendan and I will talk to you next week. And as always go Cubs.